We're in part seven now of Who Told You That, a series where we are replacing lies with truth and shame with grace, fear with faith. We are, we are exposing lies that people believed in the scripture and then replacing it with the truth of God's word. And I want to look now at 1 Kings chapter 19. This is the story of Elijah. Elijah has been experiencing great victories, but now he's coming under attack. And the scripture says that Ahab told his wife Jezebel all that Elijah had done, all the victories that Elijah had been experiencing. Also how he executed the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of of one of them by tomorrow about this time. In other words, I'm gonna kill you by tomorrow. That's what she just said. That was fancy King James for, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> and when he saw that, watch that. She sent a word and he saw it. Oh Lord, it's gonna be good today. He arose and ran for his life. He went to Beersheba which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. Watch that. He, he got alone. He isolated himself. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree, and he prayed that he might die. He said, it's enough now, Lord. Take my life. I am no better than my father's. Then he lay and slept under the broom tree, and suddenly an angel. Why are we talking about angels again? I didn't mean to, but here we are, week two. An angel touched him and said, arise and eat. Then he looked and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. This is the first angel's food cake. I had to. I know that was so cheesy, but I'm gonna commit and in every service I'm gonna say it because I'm a Pentecostal preacher and that's the kind of jokes we tell. Amen. All right. All right. All right. So he ate and he drank and he lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and he touched him and said, arise and eat because the journey. So watch this. He says, you have to eat again because the journey is too great for you. Watch how the angel connects what he's consuming with his journey. Hmm. So he arose and ate and drank, and he went in the strength of that food. Watch, so what you consume is going to give you, huh. for 40 days and 40 nights, as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. He, he, said, he said, God, just take my life. He's, he's literally a prophet, a man of God who is now, Really suicidal, he's depressed, he's hopeless. And I want to talk from the idea today. Who told you it's hopeless? Who told you it's hopeless? It's hopeless. Just elbow, elbow one neighbor on either side of you. Tell him I have hope. Come on, tell him I have hope. I have hope. Look at your second choice. Say, I have hope for you too. Tell him that I have hope for you too. I got hope for you too. Help me to preach, Lord. Help us to hear. And I pray you give us the gift of hope today in the name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. amen. So Elijah just experienced two of his greatest victories ever. He, he has a showdown with the prophets of Baal. 
and he calls down fire from heaven in chapter 17. Pretty remarkable story. He says, if the Lord is God, if Jehovah is God, if Yahweh is God, let him send down fire. And sure enough, the fire comes and consumes the sacrifice and the prophets of Baal are defeated. And then there had been a three and a half year drought right after that. He prays, he prays seven times. And on the seventh prayer, the scripture said that there was a, a cloud the size of a man's hand that formed and rain began to fall. So, so Elijah has defeated his enemies. Elijah has broken the drought. There are miracles happening all around. Seemingly, he is at his highest point. He's at, he's at the highest of highs. And then he quickly falls to the lowest of lows. Let me just say this real quick. If, if you ever get the blues, don't beat yourself up. Because it can happen really quick. Because you're human. And what, and what happens to Christians is we feel bad. And then we feel bad for feeling bad. Christians, a lot of Christians hate themselves. Because they, they know seemingly how they should feel. Like, man, I bet Javen don't feel this way. Man, I bet. <laughs> I do. You know that every Sunday I go crawl in bed. I just go crawl in bed after church. Best day ever. Amazing. Awesome. And I just go crawl in bed and I turn on Seinfeld and I just... <laughs> or Frasier. I like 90s shows because I grew up on it. Or Wings or... Uh, I watch these old... I watch these old shows. I don't watch Friends. That's, that's for girls. Um, <clears throat> anyway, um, and I have to, even, even me, I have, to, I have to recover. And sometimes you can have a real high high, and then you can go real low, and you go, what just happened? I must not be spiritual enough. Well, don't beat yourself up. Now, you're going to have to be honest about your feelings, and you're going to have to process your feelings, and you're going to have to work on your feelings. But, but don't be mad at yourself for feeling. Hmm. This wicked queen Jezebel, she sends word and she says, Elijah, I'm going to kill you. And it sent him spiraling. One, one word from his enemy sent him spiraling. Maybe you feel like that right now. You're like, what is going on? I'm spiraling. So Elijah is now in a state of depression. He's literally asking God to kill him. And maybe you find yourself today. Maybe, maybe you're processing with somebody right now who feels hopeless or depressed. I believe there are lessons from this text that can help you. Amen. Amen. I, I believe there are things that we can learn from this story that can begin to turn that for you. Proverbs 12.25 says, anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression. So notice where anxiety lives. Not in your mind. It's right, it's here somewhere. It's just, and, and what does it do? It causes depression. But a good word, but a good word makes it glad. So if anxiety causes depression, what causes anxiety? That's the question I asked. Now, for, for Elijah, it was Jezebel's words. 
But I don't know what is causing your anxiety, but I do know that we are going to have to face it. Because anxiety that is tolerated will mean depression that will be dominated. So if you're, if you're depressed today, don't beat yourself up, up over that. Try to find the root cause of the anxiety. So, so I, don't know what, I don't know what's causing the anxiety that then is leading to depression, but, but I do believe that no matter what it is, for, for Elijah, it was Jezebel, but no matter what it was, I believe that we can, we can find something. So, so here's the first thing. If you're feeling hopeless, if you're fighting hopelessness, if you know someone fighting hopelessness, resist isolation. <laughs> watch, watch what he does. He goes to Judah with his friend and leaves his friend there. Number one, he left Judah. I don't know if y'all know what Judah means, but it means praise. He left praise. If the devil takes your song, you're in trouble. He leaves Judah, but he doesn't just leave Judah. He leaves his friend in Judah. He leaves the place of praise and he leaves the place of community. Notice that the very moment that Elijah felt fear, the moment that he felt anxiety, the moment that he felt these emotions, the first thing he does is he isolates himself. And then here's his prayer in verse, in verse 10. We, we didn't read it, but in verse 10, here's his prayer. Lord, I'm the only one. Boo-hoo. I'm the only one. And, and the moment you get there, now, now it can be two different, there can be two different uh, causes of self-centeredness. One might be, I'm the only one doing anything good. That's where Elijah was at. I'm the only prophet left, Lord. God's going to rebuke him, right, by the way. He goes, I got 7,000 prophets that haven't bowed their knee to Baal. What are you talking about? You're not the only one. But self-centeredness might feel like I'm the only one, huh? I'm the only one living for God. I'm the only one of my friends that are really serious about God. I'm the, I'm the only one that really loves you. I'm the only one that reads my Bible. I'm the only one that you just, you, you, it's self-centeredness that makes you feel important because you've isolated yourself. But hey, it could be the other way. I'm the only one who struggles. I bet I'm the only one in this room right now that's ever been depressed. I bet I'm the only one who sinned this week. All these people look so spiritual. They all know the songs. They're singing, they're clapping, they're shouting. They must know all the, I saw that person singing. They weren't even, they didn't even have their eyes open. They knew all the words. How did they all know? That song was brand new. How did they already know the words? How did they, I'm over here trying to follow every Christian karaoke lyric at a time. I'm the only one who struggles. See, it can look, to, it can be self-righteousness or self-hate, but it's still self. And either way, a self-focus will hurt you. And the antidote for a self-centered life is community. What are you doing, pushing small groups? No, not yet, but I'm coming after you. Don't worry, September's coming. When you're the only one talking, you will talk yourself into failure. If you're the only one talking, You'll talk yourself into failure. You, you gotta be careful that you're not in an echo chamber of self. 
You got to have people who can just kind of look at you and go, are you sure? Really? You think that? You're the only one? Like, you got to have, have people that can push back on you. You got to have people that can challenge you. You got to have people that, that can, that can kind of that can talk you out of your mental mess. But Elijah got alone, and then Elijah got to talk himself literally into a deeper place of depression. According to the National Institute of Aging, now this is not the Bible, okay? This is the National Institute of Aging. It says this, loneliness and social isolation are associated with higher risks of health problems such as heart disease, depression, and cognitive decline. If you are poor in health, you may be more likely to be socially isolated and lonely. If you are socially isolated and feeling lonely, it can put your physical and mental health at risk. Adults who are lonely or socially isolated are less healthy, have longer hospital stays, and are readmitted to the hospital more often and are more likely to die earlier than those with meaningful and supportive social connections. Now, let me say something. This is for introverts and extroverts. If, if you're an introvert in here, and I am, I don't know if that, you believe that, but I really am. I'm an introvert. All that mean, that doesn't mean I don't love people. It just means that when I'm around people, it takes my energy. So then I have to re-energize with some alone, I need some me time, amen. I need some Javen time, praise the Lord. Any introverts? Okay, I see you. I just, saw, I just saw a woman catch the Holy Ghost right there. Just, yes, Lord. That is not an excuse for a lack of community. Well, I don't do small groups, I'm introverted. Well, I don't go to church, I watch online, I'm introverted. Oh, no, 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 you don't get to do that. I'm, I'm introverted, but I get around people. All it means is it takes my energy a little bit more. It doesn't give me energy. It takes my energy, and then I need to have a little alone time. I got to read a book. I got to, I got to do my thing. I got to play guitar. I got to sit at the piano, and then I get my energy back, and then I go again. Just be, because I'm an introvert, I can't be isolated. And if you're extroverted, awesome, but you, you've, got to, you've got to make sure for you that you're around a crowd that's actually going in the right direction. Elijah isolated himself. And he started saying crazy things because he had no one in his life to go, don't, don't say that. Literally, God had to send an angel. God's like, he is such a mess. I'm going to have to send an angel. All angel means is messenger. So let me say this. Don't, don't expect an angel to show up in your room tonight. You got one right now. And this messenger is telling you, don't be isolated because you're going to get, it's going to get dark quick. Number two, you got to listen for a word. You got to listen for, who told you it's hopeless? It's not hopeless. You got you to listen for a word because it's going to be a word that's going to change your life. The, the angel touched him and said, arise and eat. See, depression will paralyze you. Hopelessness will paralyze you. It will make you walk out into a desert, sit under a tree, and wait to die. It, it will stop you from movement. See, depression is a constant feeling of sadness. And here's a big one, loss of interest. Depression doesn't always feel like, a, like gloom. 
It can just feel like a loss of interest. It can, it can feel like apathy, which stops you from doing normal activities. If you've just lost all inspiration to do anything, you're probably fighting some depression. And what you need is a word. And what you need to do is you've got to act on the word. Okay, now watch this. Anxiety in the heart. I'm going to go to it again. Anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression. Here's what depression means in this, this text right here in the Hebrew language. To bow low, to revere, to fall prostrate before, to pay homage to. Check this out. Check this out. Hear me. To worship. Watch. The feelings come. And you bow to it. And you can't bow to the anxiety. Because every time anxiety comes into your, into your life, it's saying, I'm in charge. Bow the knee. And in that moment, you're going to have to fight it. But what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to go, these feelings are very real to me. This must be it. And then you bow to it. And then it leads you. It rules you. It becomes Lord. And you're going to have to resist that. You're going to have to fight against that because that thing is going to get you to bow. That thing's going to get you to bow down and worship, worship it. Not that you go, oh, I worship anxiety. No, it, it, it leads you. It becomes the boss. It, it becomes what's in control. It, be, it becomes what's in charge. And so when the anxiety comes, you can't bow to it. You can't just give in to it. You're going you're gonna to have to bow to another source, another Lord, another God, capital G, God. You're going to you're gonna have to say, okay, Lord, here's what I'm feeling and here's what it's telling me to do, but I'm going to resist that. I need a word right now, God, because this anxiety is telling me how to feel and how to think and how to act and how to respond and how to be powerless and it's gonna kill me. So God, I need a new word, I need a fresh word. I need the angel of the Lord to talk to me. I need a word from God and the angel says arise. Everybody say arise. arise. Somebody say get up. <laughs> Come on, say arise one more time. Arise. The angel says don't get stuck in, the, don't bow to this. When he says arise, he's not necessarily saying move. He's speaking the, to the condition of Elijah's soul. And he's saying, don't give in to that. I'm just not going to shower today. No, shower. No, I'm serious. Go to Starbucks and get the coffee. Or if you don't like Starbucks, go find a Christian one. But whatever, my point, don't get lost on that. My point is, don't get stuck on the couch. No, 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 you gotta, you gotta get up. You gotta, don't bow, don't spiritually in your soul give in to that spirit because that spirit will paralyze and it will stop you from doing any normal activities. So I have to, in my heart, not bow to the feeling, and now I have to be still to get the word from God. Psalm 46, verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I've gotta now begin to hear the word of the Lord. I have to hear the word of the Lord. So if I'm feeling 
this depression come at me, this hopelessness come at me, this, these emotions come after me, I have, to, I have to do this, check this out, I have to halt. If, if you're feeling hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, halt. And get a word from God. And, and say, okay, Lord, where's this coming from? When, when I talk about hungry, I'm not, I'm not talking about food. I'm talking about hungry. I'm talking about... Mm, I'm talking about somebody feed me. I'm, t- I'm talking about, about this, this thing in our soul. And, and I love this little accurate. Just, just wait. Get a word from God. Don't just do this on your own. Wait. Get a word from God. If you're angry, wait. Get a word from God. If you're lonely, wait. Get a word from God. If you're tired, wait. Get a word from God. See, when you're hurting, when you're anxious, when you're grieving, never forget this. I've said this a million times. I'll say a million more times. Don't add to your life. This is not a time for major transition. Like, because you know, you know what the angel's word to Elijah was, right? It wasn't like, yeah, we're going to do a new ministry. No, no, it was, go get a word from God, bro. God's going to go meet you in the cave. Go get a word from the Lord. That was the, that was the word that the angel gave him. Go get a word. The word was go get a word. <laughs> a defining word. Not, not a changing of season, but a defining word. This is really important. Well, I'm offended. I'm going to change. Well, I'm lonely. I'm going to change. Well, I'm anxious. I'm going to change. Well, I'm grieving. I'm going to change. No, don't. This is not a time to add. Like, like, check this out. The, as soon as Elijah got a word, he ate and took a nap. I love that. That's one of my favorite Bible verses. That's one of my favorite texts in the whole scripture. He gets a word from the Lord, and he, he doesn't just, ah. A, a lot of you would have a lot better life if you would just sleep on it before you sent the email or sent the text or had the fight or a lot of you are just hangry. A lot of you, if you would just read the Bible and just calm down and God gives him a word in the first and, and then he takes a nap. He gets back to a place of rest. He gets back to a place of spiritual nourishment. In a justifiable search for comfort, we are tempted to maybe seek romantic relationships, possessions. I'm feeling a little bit down. I think I need a new watch. No, I don't know about that. Wait, I think I need another car. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe. I think I need some retail therapy. I don't know. I don't know. You don't. <laughs> yeah, Jabin said to move. I need to go to Target and just, no, maybe not. I don't know if that's. Seek romantic relationships, possessions, or a substance to find relief. This may seem to help in the short term, but will eventually only add more issues. <laughs> Has anyone been there? Anyone old enough to admit, yeah, I've, I've been there once or twice. Uh, instead of addition, seek to remove noise. Slow your pace. Lean into godly relationships. Breathe, walk, meditate. 
Read the word, pray. Get a word from God. Not just anxiety comes, I'm gonna go run into the wilderness. No, 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 no. Get a word from God. That's, that's what I'm trying to say here. He, he arose to get a word. And the, and the word was a stillness of his soul. This is big. This is big. Okay, lastly, let me have the team come up. Check your diet. Check your diet. Let's just encourage someone. It's a rainy day. Uh, look around at everyone around you. Tell them, it looks like you've been losing weight. Come on, tell them that. It looks like you've been losing weight. Come on, tell them, tell them. Come on, encourage somebody. It's not a lie. We're in church and all the husbands look at your wife. I've been meaning to tell you, babe, you're looking, you're looking great. You're looking great. Choose your diet. Choose your diet. Give me uh, you will prevail on every promise that you made. I love that little thought. Check your diet. So he arose and ate and he drank and he went in the strength of that food for 40 days. He got a sustaining word for the next season of his life. God, he didn't get a word for the rest of his life, but he did get a word for the season. God will give you a word for the season. I, I have some real out there, hazy thoughts about what my future will look like, but I don't obsess over that. I'm asking, God, what are the next 40 days? What's the next season look like? What do you want from me now? Give me a word for today. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. That's going to take care of itself. You, you got you to think about right now. God will, God will take care of you today. God will give you a picture of the season ahead. The angel said, what you're about to eat, Elijah... Is going to affect the journey that God has for you. And you cannot separate the journey from the diet. You cannot separate what you consume from your destiny. You can't tell me God has big things for you, but you're on a spiritual diet of poison. Don't worry, I'm not coming after your real food today. That's not... That's not the point of this message. I'm saying what, what's coming into your life? Because you can't tell yourself that I can listen to that and watch that and consume that and think that and then do that. And the angel says, this food is for that journey. See, Elijah had been living off the food of the word of Jezebel. He consumed Jezebel's word and it fueled him running. And the angel said, you've been eating the wrong thing, my brother. Can I, can I just remind you what Jesus said? Man doesn't live by bread alone. He's, he's, now, he's now connecting his word to bread. He's connecting his word to sustenance. He's connecting his word to your journey. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. This word proceeds is an active word for right now. God will give you a proceeding word for the next 40 days. God will give you a word 
for the rest of 2023. God will give you a word for your child in this moment. God, oh man. Can I help somebody? God will give you a word for today. God will give you food for right now. God will give you a word for this moment. Stop freaking out about 20 years from now. Right here, right now, the Lord will sustain you. Why am I hammering this point, preacher? Why are you hammering this point? Because Elijah believed Jezebel's word. And God knew that Elijah needed a new word before he could move forward. And I've come to tell somebody, you need a new word before you can move forward. You want to move forward, but you're eating the wrong thing. And so God comes to Elijah and says, it's time for a new word. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Give me a little symbol something right there. Let me know y'all are here. Watch this. She said it, and Elijah saw it. He saw. Guy walks up to Elijah. Hey, Jezebel said you're going to be dead by tomorrow. And, and when Elijah saw that, not heard that. He got a word about his, he got a false demonic prophecy about his future and he could see it. Great chefs tell us that we, we eat with our eyes. And you hear with your imagination. He saw it and he was afraid and he believed it, but God. Somebody say, but God. God came with a different word. Okay, 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 okay. Someone's getting it, someone's getting it. Anxiety in the heart leads to depression, but a good word. But a good word. The angel comes with a good word and this angel has come this messenger has come today with a good word this preacher has come to you today with a good word i got a good word and it ain't jezebel's word it's a good word you shall live and not i know what jezebel said but i got a good word different than the, and I need you to see it. I need you to see it. I need you to eat with your eyes right now. I need you to hear this with your imagination. Everything the devil told you was going to happen in your life. I have a good word. That was a lie from the pit of hell. You ain't going to die under a tree. You ain't going to die in the desert. Who told you it's hopeless? The angels of the Lord are coming with a good word. Can I prophesy something? Can I remind you of something? Jezebel said, Jezebel said, Jezebel said, you're going to die. I got good news for you. If, you. if you've read the Bible, you know what I'm about to say. TJ, I love you because you, Elijah never died. Like he never died. Like he didn't just not die the next day. Elijah never died. I'm so mad at the word that that queen said, I won't 
won't even let you die in a hundred years. I'm going to send that angel back to you. And I'm going to take you up. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? And Elijah becomes one of only two men besides Jesus in the Bible that never died. What am I saying? Whatever the devil told you, God's about to do the opposite. God's about to flip it. God's about to turn it. God's about to change it. God's about to resurrect it. God's about to, can you see it? Come on, you saw Jezebel's word, but now I need you to see God's word. I need you to see your future. It's not hopeless. It's not over. God's still working. The angels are coming to your house. God will help you. You will prevail on every promise that you make. You will prevail on every promise that you've made. You will prevail on every promise that you've made. Come on, see it. Come on, Elijah, see it, see it. You will prevail on every promise that you made. You will, you will, you will prevail on Are you telling us we're never going to die? Oh, stop it. I'm telling you, Jezebel's word over your life shall not come to pass in the name of Jesus. That, that authority spirit that wants to dictate and manipulate and decide your future, I'm canceling that voice. I said, I'm canceling that voice. I said, I'm canceling that voice. Sis, right here, glasses on top. I'm canceling that voice. That voice that has talked to you and keeps yapping in your ear. I shut its mouth right now. It's like your ears are gonna pop open right now and you're gonna, you're gonna hear the voice of God. tolerate Jezebel she'll dominate that spirit that that voice it's not female don't it's a it's a voice that wants to decide your she didn't know tomorrow she wasn't a prophet only God knows the end from the beginning 
but she put a lie out there that she hoped Elijah would believe. The devil don't know your future. The devil can't decide tomorrow. The devil doesn't know what's happening with this hurricane. The devil doesn't know what's happening with our nation. He doesn't know, so he just throws stuff out that he hopes you'll believe. The devil doesn't know your tomorrow. Stop letting him talk to you. I know I've been crazy the last couple of weeks. I hope you forgive me. I, I know I've been yelling a lot. Would you, would you take your hands and just kind of place them over your ears? I pray for your spiritual ears to hear the word of the Lord. <laughs> Woo, man, the anointing of God is in the house. And the voice of every other spirit would be muted and canceled. Now I'm gonna ask you to do one more thing. If, it, if, if you're uncomfortable, don't do it. But if you, if you would, can you just kind of put your hands maybe kind of over your eyes a little bit. Pray this with me. Say, Lord, help me to see what you're saying. Help me to see the words you're speaking. Give me a vision for my future, for my family, for my life, for the next 40 days. Give me a word that will sustain for the next season. Give me a word that will give me strength. I receive it. I believe it in the name of Jesus. Come on in the whole church, said amen. And amen, clap your hands.